Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Helwani, back with another edition of the Helwani Show. And today, my friends, we've got an exciting lineup for all of you. We're going to talk to the spider, Anderson Silva. You know, there's a lot of talk that he might be retiring. We're going to get the lowdown from the one and only Anderson Silva later in the program. We're going to talk to Robert Whitaker following his big win this past Saturday over Jared Cannonier. We will also talk to a fired up Neil Magny. You have never heard Neil Magny this upset before. Please do stick around for all of that. But before we get to those interviews, let me tell you about a podcast that I've actually never talked about on this here spot. It's called Laughter Permitted, and it's hosted by American hero Julie Foudy. Yes, the Julie Foudy. Of course, she used to play for the women's national soccer team, and she's also really great behind the microphone. So if you want to give it a listen, you can check it out. It's called Laughter Permitted, and you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. All right. For now, today's edition of the Hawaii Show, as always, contains some language that may not be suitable for all audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Hawani's MMA Show! Back in your life on this Wednesday, October 28, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Hawani Show. And first things first, right off the bat, I do have to wish a very happy fourth birthday to my daughter, Claire. Yes, today is her birthday. She's not going to listen to this, of course, but it's a big day. One of the best days of my life is when I became a girl dad myself. And uh, it's a very exciting time in the Helwani household. It's also very exciting because I love today's lineup. Oh my gosh, do I love today's lineup. So later on in the program, we're going to be talking to Robert Whitaker. You'll recall Robert Whitaker this past Saturday, co-main event UFC 254 had a phenomenal win over Jared Cannonier. Afterwards, Dana White said, makes a lot of sense for him to fight Israel Adesanya next. But Whitaker is not the kind of guy who likes to campaign for a title shot. And we all remember life wasn't too great when he was champion. So we talked to him about that, quarantining again, second trip to Fight Island, where he goes from here, what does he think of Izzy potentially moving up to 205 to fight Jan Bohovic? All that and more will be addressed with Robert Whitaker later on in the program. We will also talk to a very, very, very fired up Neil Magny. So you know Neil Magny, right? Neil Magny has 17 wins in the UFC's welterweight division. That's number two all-time behind the great George St. Pierre with 19. And I don't think a lot of people even know this. And the man is continuously disrespected. And here we have a situation where for the last few weeks, the UFC has been searching all over the place for an opponent for Hamzat Shemaev, the rising star, the locomotive himself, 3-0 in the UFC. Neil Magny, second most wins in the welterweight division, top 10, was sitting in the front of the class with his hands up, both hands, saying, please pick me, pick me. And the UFC is like, "Uh, anyone there? Bueller, Bueller, just completely ignoring him. Then you know what happens with Leon Edwards. They take him out of the rankings after they offered Hamzat. Eventually, they book Hamzat versus Leon on Friday. And here's Neil Magny saying like, yo, I wanted this fight. I asked for this fight weeks ago. Why didn't you pick me? He's upset. He's frustrated. He's fired up. He thinks they took the easier path. You have never heard Neil Magny like this before. 
please do stick around for that. But first, we have to start with Anderson Silva. That's the big story as we head into the weekend. Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall, main event, first ever UFC Halloween show. They've never done a show before on Halloween, October 31st. And wouldn't you know it, here's the spider fighting on Halloween. Now he's 45. He's obviously been around the block. He hasn't had a great tail end of his career. And the promotion leading up to this fight is he's done. You got to listen to this. I don't feel like he's done. The promotion is telling you he's done, but I don't feel like he is done. In his heart of hearts, I don't feel like he's done. And you know what's so crazy about this whole situation? Yeah, sure. Dating back to his win over Stefan Bonner, his win over Stefan Bonner in 2012 was his last finish. After that, lost to Weidman, lost to Weidman, no contest against Diaz, lost to Bisping, lost to DC, beat Derek Brunson, although I thought he lost, lost to Izzy, lost to Jared Cannonier. And you look at that and you probably say to yourself, like, what's the big deal? If you're a new fan like TST, you're probably like, what's the big deal? Like, who is this guy? He's 45, he's old, like, what's the big deal? Let me tell you something. There was a time where Anderson Silva was one of the best athletes on the planet. 16 wins to start his UFC career. And he wasn't just beating guys, he was annihilating them. The knockouts, the front kicks to the face, the movement against Forrest Griffin, the stuff that he was doing in the cage had never been seen before. This guy... If it wasn't for the PED infractions, right now, as we debate, Habib or John Jones would be in the conversation. And there are some people who ignore the PED infractions. I don't, but there are some who do and say he is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. There was a very long period where Anderson Silva was not only the face of the UFC, but considered the greatest pound-for-pound fighter in the world and the greatest fighter of all time. He was that good. They called upon him to headline many shows when they tried to go head-to-head with Affliction. Back in the day, 2008, off the top of my head, they called upon him to fight James Irvin. Yes, July 19, 2008 on a show they cobbled together on Spike TV to try to take down Affliction. I mean, he was their guy. He was their ace in the hole. And if you go back and look into the archives, some of those fights against Rich Franklin and, and, and Nate Marquardt and Dan Henderson, I mean, just tremendous stuff. But now here he is at 45. He has not won cleanly since 2012. And it sounds like they're pushing him out. And it sounds like he doesn't want to go. Anderson hasn't really talked a lot in English in, in the past. And we addressed that at the top. So sometimes it's a little hard to really know what he's thinking and how he's feeling. But my impression is he's not done. I want you to decide for yourself. Here's my conversation with the legend, with the inimitable, with the one and only, the often imitated, never duplicated, Anderson the Spider Silva. Enjoy. All right. Now let's say hello to one of the greatest fighters of all time, the one and only Anderson the Spider Silva, who returns to action this Saturday, October 31st, the Spider fighting on the first ever Halloween UFC card. How crazy is that against Uriah Hall in the main event of UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas? Anderson, how are you? I'm good, my brother. Good to see you. Thank you for space here. Thank you for opportunity. And yeah, I'm very excited to take this fight, you know, my last fight in UFC. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Well, it's it's great to see you and hear from you. Your English has come so far from the beginning of your career. You've really improved oh it a lot. Gosh, so yes. I give you a lot of credit. It's, it's better than the, the, the beginning, huh? Oh my gosh. At the beginning, you couldn't say a word. It was incredible. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. It's, it's it's my English continued terrible, but it's little, little better. I love it. Um, can I ask you a question, Anderson? A lot of people have been saying this is your retirement fight, but like you just said right there, 
my last fight in UFC. I don't believe this is your last fight. Maybe last fight in UFC, but I don't believe this is your last fight. Set the record straight for us. Is this really your last fight period or just your last fight in UFC? Probably this is my last fight in UFC, probably. But let's go see, you know, because maybe this is the last fight and something changed. You know, let's go see the, the result. Uh, I'm, my, I'm very focused right now in this fight and let's go to see the future, you know? But don't you have two fights left on your deal? And didn't you say you wanted to finish the deal? Yeah, absolutely. I have, but let's go see, you know, because, uh, you know, fight is fight. Maybe something change. I don't know, but this is my last fight in UFC probably. So there, there is a part of you that believes that maybe after this fight, if you look good, if you beat Uriah, that you will continue. Yeah, this is the good question. That's the good uh, answer, but a special answer for Dana, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to talking about this is the last or not, but yeah, this is probably in UFC, this is the last one. Okay, has Dana asked you to retire? Because sometimes with the fighters he loves, Chuck Liddell, Big Nog, he's asked them to retire. Has he asked you to retire? Oh, definitely not. But, you know, you know the game inside you see better than the other people, you know. And um, let's go see. I'm, I'm very happy. You know, I'm very happy. You know how much I love this sport, how much I love UFC, and how much I give my heart and give my blood for UFC. And let's go see. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. And... The future is, is crazy and amazing. Let's go see. So no hard feelings? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, why Uriah Hall? Why him in this potential last fight? Well, first of all, because uh, this completely makes sense because my fight with Uriah is not working in Brazil because I, I take the fight in Brazil for a long time ago with Ryan, but something happened to me and I take the, the surgery and now the fights come back and it completely makes sense, you know? When you started your career, if, if I would have told you you would make it to 45 and you would still be fighting, you're 45 now, would you have believed me? Like, was this always part of your plan? My brother, let me tell you something. Tell me. When I, people ask me about how much I love my sport. I say one thing. This sport is my heart, is my air, you know. I fight for my entire life. And uh, it's not about fighting, it's about martial arts. For me, I'm the, the, the good martial art uh, artist, you know. Mm. And uh, when I go inside the cage, I don't go for fight. I go to to prove and show something special for my fans. You know, it's not about fighting. It's not about beating my opponents, but show something special for my fans. I saw on your Instagram, you had a video, you said martial arts saved my life. Changed completely my life and, and saved, saved my life too. How did it save your life? Wow, because, you know, I'm, I believe the martial arts give me everything I have in my life, you know? I I doing a uh, different life for my kids, 
for my wife because martial arts give me the the whole uh, opportunity, you know, and martial arts uh, give me the more excuse for continue past a lot of problems mm. in my life, you know, inside and outside the cage, inside the sport, outside the sport. And everything I have today, I have because our martial arts give me. Do you feel like people have forgotten just how good you are, the 16 in a row to start your career, the title defenses, all that stuff that you did in the early days of the UFC. Do you feel like people have forgotten just how good Anderson Silva was back when you started in the UFC? Wow. I think a lot of people don't never know about my career outside UFC because uh, everybody watching UFC and watching my career when I start UFC, but I have the long career outside, you know, and uh, I fight my entire life and I train in my entire life, you know. And when I people ask me about, wow, you have a 45, you're done, and what are you thinking about? So I train every day uh, with the best guys in this world, you know, the best fighters, and every single day, um, I feel in how much my energy continue inside the sport. And I mean, I, I just take this fight and let's go see the future, you know, because it's a very special moment for me and for my fans and for my whole team. A lot of people today are talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov now is the greatest of all time. Don Jones says, no, I'm the greatest of all time. Other people say George St. Pierre. Other people say you. In your opinion, who's your pick? Who's the greatest? You, GSP, Jones, Khabib. What do you think? The greats? The greatest ever. Time? All time. The greats ever. Okay. The greats ever is God. This is the greats ever. In MMA. What about MMA? In MMA, I think is don't have the best ever, the greats the whole time. You know, because... Every single moment, every single time come the new challenge, the new uh, uh, athletes, you know. For me, martial arts prove one thing. Don't have the best ever. Mm. You know, and John Jones say that. It's okay. I respect George Saint-Pierre. People say about George Saint-Pierre. It's okay. I respect the people say that about Khabib. I respect, uh, but you know, for me, I'm not the best. I just try to do my best, best I can, and martial arts. I just pray and put on my knees in the ground and say thank you, God, for giving me everything, every single moment. And I'm not the best. I just try to do my best every single day, but uh, that's the the big challenge, you know, because. Nobody is the best, except God. Do you have any regrets as far as your career is concerned? Well, every single moment in my career is special for me, you know. But the, the, the special moment for me is my first title belt in Japan with mm. uh, uh, my opponent, Hayato Sakurai. 
this is the best moment for me because it's my first title belt, you know? And uh, this has come every single day in my mind and helped me to understand where I'm going, you know? Because when I fight with Hayato Sakurai, uh, I understand how much I have a responsibility about my sport, about martial arts, and about my, my country, about my people. Okay, uh, just a couple more things and then I'll let you go, I promise. Uh, the right. George fight. I know you, you're hungry. I know, I, I respect it. The George fight, is that the one that you wish you had in the UFC? Is that the one fight that you wish you could have had? Well, when people ask me about George and Pierre, I just say, I respect George a lot because George is a, is amazing fight, is a, make the huge story inside the sport. And um, I respect and uh, I love George because George changed a lot this sport, you know. Uh, every single fight right now, uh, Khabib, uh, McGregor, uh, Israel, and the, the new generation, uh, I need to think about how much George is important for this sport. Mm. You know, how much George changed this sport. Was it ever close with the Connor fight when him, you know, Connor was trying to get the UFC to book you versus him? Was that ever discussed, ever brought to your attention? Was that ever a thing? Well, I think Connor is a, is a good fighter, is a, is a very lucky because Connor is so smart, but Connor have a, the weight for fight for different guys inside the UFC or outside, you know, boxing or uh, MMA, you know, and I respect because Connor is so smart in using the 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 talent the Connor has for make the good and special deals for for himself, you know. And I respect this. Okay, so so in conclusion, uh, you return on Saturday, forty five. What a story! Back fighting in Las Vegas in a small venue like you fought Chris Lieben. You remember that when you were dancing? It was amazing. What a moment it yes. was. And, and now you're back, but maybe the door is open. This, it, would it be unfair to call this a retirement fight? This is maybe the last one in UFC, but there's, there's a future out there potentially. Absolutely, you know, because uh, I believe in the, the situation is, uh, is a very, very important. Let me tell you something very important. Tell me. Because I think the fighters never talking about that. When you come inside UFC, you sign the contract, you completely okay about everything in the contract, you know? And when this happened, what you can do? Working and do your best, you know? And everything in the paper is because you sign. And I don't have nothing for talking about Dana. I don't have nothing for talking about UFC. I have my contract, I sign, and I do my best. I work and I do my part because I'm professional. And of course, maybe I don't fight anymore in UFC. Of course, I go fight uh, outside. Why? Because the people can't stop my job. You know, that's no make sense. And this is not the last fight in UFC. Okay, but this is the last fight in UFC. Of course, I go fight and... In the, in the other vein, or I don't know. But right now is the my last fight in your seat.
I thought you had two left, so you only have one left in UFC. You know, um, yeah, in the contract, I have uh, two fights, you know. So how could it be the last? What if they say, you, what if you knock out Uriah Hall in 10 seconds, they say we want you back for more? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Let's go see, you know, because my focus right now is the one thing. It's okay. go inside the cage and do my best, you know. After that, I don't know. All right. We'll leave it at that. Anderson, thank you so much. What an honor. It's always such an honor to talk to you, my friend, and to uh, cover your career over the years. My friend, I need to say thank you. Thank you because uh, the people need you, the more people to say you and tell the truth because you know how much this sport is tough behind the scenes. And uh, I try to do my best every day and I never uh, scared for talk the, the truth because the truth is important for my fans and for my legacy. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, and now let us say hello to the man who holds the second most wins in UFC welterweight division history, right behind the great George St. Pierre. It's that man, 17 wins at 170 pounds for Neil Magny, and he's kind enough to join us today on the program. Neil, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. And it's been a really interesting time for you. And I'm happy that we get to talk about it because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about who's next for Hamzat Shemaev, this, uh, this locomotive, if you will, this rising star at 170 and 185 in the UFC. And they were trying to find him an opponent for December 19th, their last show of the year. And there was all kinds of talk and they wanted to get him on the, the last card of the year and all this stuff. And it seemed like they had a lot of trouble finding an opponent. And it seemed at least to me, Neil, that there was someone sitting in the front of the class, raising his hand saying, pick me, pick me. And the teacher was just looking around and saying like, Hey, is there anyone out there? And you just could not get anyone to take notice of you raising your hand. Is that what happened here? Because it really did seem like you were ready to go on December 19th. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it feels like. I mean, um, I was hearing left and right that this man was having a hard time finding a fight. Um, and I stepped up over and over and over again, uh, saying I was winning the fight this man. Um, I even took it a step further in that every single time that there was an article or there was a post or there was an interview or, or video, whatever it may be that involved him not getting an opponent, I took a step further and threw my name in the hat there as well. So like not making, not just making known to the UFC that I was ready to fight, but making known to him, his manager and the fans as well. Um, and it, it was pretty frustrating that I didn't get that matchup. It was even more frustrating that it went to Leon Edwards. Um, uh, because if I'm being honest, like Cosmont, the fight, it wasn't a fight that excited me at first. I mean, the guy was on a, he had some hype behind him. Uh, he's on a three fight win streak. Um, he's undefeated. Yeah. It's a guy I would love to test myself against, but in reality of it, um, I personally did not think he deserved a, a top 10, a top 15 opponent. Um, but because of lack of activity at the welterweight division, uh, I saw his opportunities to, to one, keep busy, two, um, go out there and uh, make a bigger name for myself. And that's why I was even entertaining the idea of fighting Cosmot. And so ultimately, why didn't you get it? 
<laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, I thought it was a done deal. Um, I literally uh, got on the phone with my manager on Thursday. Um, and he was like, hey, man, it's a done deal. We got you to fight. We're good to go. Um, and the next day, I leave sparring after, like, making adjustments and figuring out who my training partner is going to be and that kind of thing. Um, made adjustments, getting ready for, for camp for Cosmont. And on my way home from the gym, I start getting notifications that he's fighting Leon Edwards. I'm just scratching my head like, wait, what? Like, how did that even come about? Like, like, like as far as I knew, Leon Edwards wasn't willing to fight a guy that wasn't ranked below number five. Um, and so much so he wasn't even right, willing to fight a guy who wasn't ranked at all. So the fact that that fight even came about, I was just dumbfounded. I was blown away by that. And did you get an explanation? Like, did you then call your management and say, okay, like what happened? How did we go from having it to not having it? Um, no, not at all. I mean, the only thing I can possibly think of that uh, caused this fight not to go through is his team thought it was a better matchup for him. Um, I'm not going to sit there and to my own horn and say that uh, finding number eight guy is a better deal than finding number three guy, but um, I'm pretty sure his team might have thought that Leon Edwards was the, uh, the easier fight for him. Um, he matched up better against Leon Edwards than he would against me. Did they say that to you? Did his team, or is this just something that you're thinking? Um, this is something I'm thinking. I mean, the fact that, like, um, he was willing to entertain fighting everyone else but me. Um, I think that that's pretty obvious at this point that his team and himself believe that the easier matchup for him was, uh, was Leon Edwards. I mean, in my opinion, it's a no brainer, but, uh, I think the proof's in the pudding. I mean, how much more they have to say, I'll fight this man for him to step up and, uh, and take the fight. So how do you internalize that? Like, is this like a moral victory for you? Um, so for me, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, here I am going into uh, November and I still don't have a fight. So um, I honestly feel kind of defeated about the whole situation. I mean, if it wasn't comes out, then give me somebody, give me Mike Chiesa, give me Wonderboy, give me any of these guys that are, are ranked and, and haven't fought in a while. Um, and give me an opportunity to go out there and, and showcase my skill set. Um, so for me, even though I'd like to pat myself on the back and realize that I was such a tough matchup for this guy, that they chose someone else over me to fight. Um, it, it is frustrating to be on the sidelines watching this play out without having to fight for myself. So I think there might be something to what you said. Also, I'm just curious um, about this. You know, obviously the UFC has a lot invested in Hamza, right? They, they clearly think that he's a great fighter, a top draw. They're promoting him and whatnot. Do you think it's possible that the UFC thought that this was a bad matchup as well? And that's why, you know, like I said, they were the teacher at the front of the classroom. You're raising your hand and they're not picking you. Man, I mean, when Dana White himself had that interview with uh, Brett Okamoto and he said, hey, I'll give credit where it's due. Neil Magny's the only guy that was willing to step up and fight this guy. I thought that was nail in the coffin for me. I thought that statement right there was going to get me to fight. So um, for this fight to still get passed over and give, <laughs> given to someone else, I was just sitting there scratching my head like, dude, what else do I need to do in order to get a fight against uh, a guy with some, some some rank behind him or a guy with some hype behind him? I mean, I legit thought it was a done deal and I was ready to go. So um, that was a bit of a bummer not getting that fight. So I actually, I agree with you. I, I think that this is uh, a moral victory. And I think that there's a part of you that say like, hey, they didn't want him to fight me because they thought it was a bad matchup. But in, in another way, is it almost symbolic of your career where it just kind of feels like you get looked over sometimes, you're not the loudest guy in the room, you don't get the shine, you don't get the hype. And now here they went and tried to find someone else to fight him. Yeah, I mean, and that's honestly, that's the part where, where it's getting frustrating because in the past, I never called out a single person in my fights. I, I, was, I was always like, ready and willing to fight whomever the UFC threw my way. Um, I never tried to pick my shots. I never tried to pick my opponents. I never tried to do any of that. Um, and in more recent 
years or, or uh, interviews with other people, I was getting criticized for it. I was getting criticized for not being a guy that was vocal, not being the guy that was um, asking for, for uh, specific opponents, not being the guy that was going out there demanding certain fights. So I was like, you know what, here's my shot. Here's my shot. Here's my opportunity to shoot my shot um, and ask for a fight that, that I want and a fight that I can go out there and uh, really impress the fans with. Um, and I did that and it started gaining a lot of traction. I mean, um, there are people all over the place talking about this uh, passive matchup between Kamzad and I. Um, and I legit thought that I had did the work, the dirty work as far as coming someone out to make this fight happen. Um, so to do all that and get to the point that Dana White himself said he believes that um, I should get credit for this fight and still have it fall through. I was just like, man, dude, like, what does the guy to do here? I mean, <sighs> if you step up and fight anyone the company throws at you, um, you get looked over. If you step up and say, give me that fight, you get looked over. So at this point, what do I possibly do um, to go out there and, uh, and get the fights that I want? And, and I know I sort of asked this before, but just to be clear, since they've booked the Leon fight, has Dana called you or anyone from the UFC called you or your management and said, this is the specific reason why we didn't go with Neil? No, no specific reasons whatsoever about this fight. And it's, uh, <laughs> and that's the part that's, uh, that, that's a little bit frustrating for me. I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that it is a business and you have to make the best business move for, for them. So that part is understandable. Um, but in my mind, I just can't figure out what the, uh, a reasoning behind making this particular fight was, I mean, especially with a guy like Leon Edwards. I mean, in my personal opinion, I feel like Leon Edwards has done enough to earn himself a title shot. Um, but because of where he's at in the rankings and what he's done, he, he kind of held out on fighting anyone. He kind of felt entitled to a top five opponent, uh, a guy like Masvidal or, or, uh, or Covington or even Usman himself, or even, uh, even call it Gilbert Burns at one point. So, um, in my opinion, I thought he deserved that. I thought the guy did enough to actually earn a fight against any one of those guys. Um, and I kind of backed him as far as uh, putting his foot down and demanding a top five opponent. So for him to uh, kind of hold out for a top five opponent, not get that, and then fight an unranked guy, I'm just sitting here scratching my head like, wait, wh what is the what is the thought process here? Like, what, what are you trying to accomplish by beating the, the, the unranked guy with some hype behind him at this point? Like, if you've been passed over beating ranked guys and on an eight-fight win streak, what is beating a guy that comes out going to do for you at this point? Like, I just, that part right there just blew my mind. I, I for sure thought that with Leon being a hold up in the top of the division, this wasn't a fight that he was going to even entertain or consider whatsoever. So 17 in a row now for you. I mean, there's a very good chance you are going to surpass GSP. And yet uh, you haven't had a chance to fight for the belt yet. You're, you're not, you know, like one of the top draws at 170. What do you have to do to take that next step? What needs to happen? Um, and, 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 and by the way, I should be clear, not 17 in a row, 17 at 170. No, I said in a row, that would be incredible, but just want to make that clear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel at this point in my career, it's time for me to really step up and uh, and be more vocal and demand what I want. I mean, um, not just go out there and win fights, but like decisively win fights. I mean, uh, the Robbie Lawler fight, going out there and just completely dominating a guy who uh, was one of the most feared men in welterweight division. Uh, I feel like those are the kind of fights I need to keep uh, going out there and putting on for the fans and for the UFC and demanding my place for, for fighting for the title. So um, I'm not above fighting every single person ranked number seven through one in order to get my title shot. Um, but I feel like going out there, making a statement every single fight um, and being more vocal is what I need to do in order to fight for that title. Um, even with this fight and the way it played out, I realized that um, I don't want to put myself in, in the same boat as Leon Edwards. I don't want to be a guy that on an eight fight win streak, but still not fighting for, for a title. So um, if it means having to do a little bit of dirty work as far as uh, calling out opponents and um, demanding what I want out of my career and for my career, um, I'm ready and willing to do that. I mean, at the end of the day, closed mouths do not get fed. 
I love this. Does does this new? Because I know in the past you've said you don't like to do this sort of thing. You don't like to call people out and be the squeaky wheel. Uh, my partner Chael has been critical of you and has tried to give you advice. Have you seen any of these clips from Chael and have you taken them to heart? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when uh, when Chael made his uh, his his thing a couple weeks ago about being interesting, at first I was like, dude, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Screw him. I'll show him interesting. Like, who does he think he is? But at the end of the day, when I let Cooler Heads prevail, I was like, you know what? He's on to something here. Um, like you said, I have 17 wins in, in the UFC welterweight division, the second behind GSP. Um, that itself should be uh, spoken of more often, but it's not. And if it's not being spoken more often, it's not anyone else's fault. It's my fault. So um, I need to go out there and be more vocal. I need to go out there and demand a lot more for my career because um, at the end of the day, no one's going to give me anything. I have to go out there and take it. So um, I need to be vocal about what I want. I need to go out there and make, make sure that it happens for me. I love it. Is part of your mission now, I would imagine you're so close. You want to get to number 21, right? You want to have the most wins at 170. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm going to go into, down in the history books for the UFC. I mean, uh, I'm very close to doing that right now. I mean, I'm one of two guys to have five uh, wins in, in a calendar year already. I want to surpass GSP um, is with the uh, total number of wins in the welterweight division. And I want to retire being a champion as well. So at this point, uh, I'm willing to do all the dirty work, like I said, in order to make that happen. It means calling people out left and right. Um, I'm willing to do that. I'm ready to do that. And by the way, if Hamzat gets by Leon, is that still a fight that you'd like? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, if he gets by Leon, it even makes more sense at this point. Uh, he gets by Leon Edwards, who'd be a ranked opponent. Um, he won't be a guy that guys are just kind of tossing out as being a hype train. He would actually have um, secured his spot in the top of the division. So um, I'd want that fight even more now. I mean, uh, in my mind, I feel like he was spared by getting the Leon Edwards fight just because I, what I envisioned to do, of doing to that man in the cage, if I got that fight, I feel like Leon Edwards pretty much saved him from that. So um, wow. if he somehow makes it past Leon Edwards, I would absolutely love to get that fight against him. I want to go out there and really show the guys how tough the welterweight division is and why I deserve to fight for a title. Do you think he's a hype job right now or do you think he's for real? Um, so it's give or take. I mean, at this, at this point, he hasn't really been anyone in UFC who's worth mentioning, um, to really give him as much credit as to have him fight a, a top five guy. But if he gets past Deion Edwards, then absolutely. The guy, the guy's a real, real deal. I mean, he's a real test. He's a real threat in the division. Um, and I absolutely want a piece of that. And by the way, just that comment before, like the things that you would have done to him in the cage, these aren't the typical things that Lee, uh, excuse me, Neil Magny has said in the past. Like that is a big statement there. What would you have done to Hamzat had you Man, met? Like I, I go in the cage and I really put a pace on guys that breaks guys. I make guys not want to be in the cage anymore. Um, this guy is riding a train of being a guy that wants to fight everyone, wants to fight often. Um, I make guys question whether or not they want to go out there and do it again. I literally break guys in the cage and that's what I would have done to the Cosmo. I would have made him get to the point where he's just like, man, do I really want to compete at welterweight anymore? Maybe I should just go to go to middleweight. These guys are a lot slower, probably. These guys are a lot easier to keep up with. I don't want any part of this welterweight division more because of Neil Magny. That's the kind of fight that I would have brought to Cosmo. Um, off the top of your head, highest ranked guy you ever fought, who would it be? Um, so with uh, guys like Hector Lombard, guys like uh, Do you remember like what they were, like what number they I had next to say Hector Lombard was top 10 when I fought him. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam, I, uh, was there ever a top five? Gaslam was top five at one point. I can't remember if it was when we fought he was top five or shortly after, but I remember he was top five as well. Um, I mean, the the reason I asked this was like, you know, here's a guy who's not even ranked and he's getting number three. (laughs) How does that sit with you? 
it doesn't feel good. I mean, you know what I mean? It does yeah. not feel good at all, especially when the number three guy was one of the guys that was the holdup at the top of the division. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, oh man, poor Leon, like what does he have to do to fight for a title? And here he is fighting a guy who's not ranked. I'm just like, well, I, I mean, in, 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 my, in his defense, I hope this is it for him. I hope he goes out there and he puts on an amazing performance and this is win number nine for him. He does eventually fight for the title at that point. But um, in my mind, I can't understand why hold up the top of the division and then turn around and fight an unranked guy. I just can't see how that plays out for him um, fighting for a title. And to me, that's frustrating because I'm like, why hold up the top of the division? Why hold up the number eight guy getting a chance to number three guy in order to fight an unranked guy? Go out there and like risk it all for, for what you want. Put it put it mm-hmm. online and try to get that title shot. I mean, even if you're getting overlooked, like just keep being consistent, keep putting it out there. And for him to take such a huge step back, in my opinion, um, I'm just trying to figure out why he would, would do such a thing. But I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to come across being bitter as all. I mean, I do hope both these guys go out there and have a great fight to the big best man win. Um, I look forward to fighting either one of them, but um, it, it is a decision that, I, that doesn't sit well with me. And I don't understand the thought process behind it. Who do you think wins? Um, my gut would tell me Leon Edwards. I mean, uh, with the experience he has in the UFC uh, against top caliber opponents, uh, my gut would say go with Leon Edwards. But um, at the end of the day, um, Kazmat is, is untested as well. So it's definitely interesting to see how that fight will play out. Have they told you, okay, we're not giving you the, the Hamzad fight, but you're going to fight someone else by the end of the year. You'll get one more fight in this year. Or you haven't even been told that. Um, so Shelby did say he's working on something for me and he should have something for me in, in the next couple of days here. Um, but other than that, I really haven't gotten a clear um, picture of what the rest of the year looks like for me. I mean, it's, it's just it's sitting on a shelf at this point for me. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. I mean, it's, uh, it's not the fights that take away time for me in the cage. It's the stuff that leads up to the fight. I mean, so far in my career, I missed, uh, I had a nine month window where I missed competition and had a year, a 16 month window where I missed competition. Um, both things were things that are out of my control. Both things were things that occurred outside of an actual UFC event. Um, so with those things lingering over my head, um, the last thing I want to do is sit on the shelf when I'm healthy and not take advantage of going out there and competing. Because at the end of the day, I'll miss that the most than anything else. What's what's the message to Hamza? What do you want to say to the guy? <laughs> dude, I, aside from wanting to get my hands on that dude, like I, I actually wish him the best. I wish he goes out there, uh, performs well, lives up to the hype. Um, and it makes it that much more rewarding when I get to be the guy to go out there and uh, take that all away from him. Okay, I thought maybe you'd say like you want to make him humble, you want to, you know, humble pie, this and that. But <laughs> no, be as cocky as you want. I mean, I want that full, I want that full energy when it, when it comes time to fight a Cosmo. I want to be uh, on the highest horse possible. I want to be as confident as possible uh, going into that fight against me. I want to be the guy that takes that away. So um, by all means, go out there, perform well against Leon Edwards. If you get the win, best love to you. Let's make this thing happen in the future. Well, man, uh, much respect for for being that kid in the front of the class raising your hand. I mean, it felt like you were doing it for like three weeks there. And it's just a strange thing that they, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't pick you for whatever reason. They ended up picking Leon and uh, that's obviously a big fight, but I think you gained a lot of street cred, right? I think the fans recognize that. Do you feel like you gained that street cred from the community? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fans are left and right. So, man, that's, that's BS. Neil Magny should have got that fight. Uh, Neil Magny's ready to step up. Uh, they duck Neil Magny and everything else like that. So the fact that the, the fans and all my peers are recognizing that, um, I was the guy that was eager to take that fight and it, it was on uh, Cosmo and his team to take the fight and they chose to go an easier route with Leon Edwards. Um, I'll take this, uh, the street credit lease and, and uh, do the best with that. 
Appreciate the time as always, Neil. Good luck getting that that final fight in before the end of the year. And congrats on the recent win over Robbie Lawler. Great performance. Another great performance for you. And, and I hope that in 2021, you will get those big fights that you are looking for. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Now let us say hello to the man who was victorious this past Saturday at UFC 254. Huge win for Robert Whitaker over Jared Cannonier, And he's kind enough to join us now with his uh, familiar gaming headphones that he usually loves to wear. But uh, he's back in a hotel. You're back to quarantining, right, Robert? I am. I am. I'm back. <laughs> Same deal, 14 days? Yep. Two weeks, two weeks. I've gotten used to it at this point. It feels like I was just here. I know. So, you know, I was thinking about that because you, you you had the fight in July, you fight till you have to do this again, right? You have to go through the whole quarantine process. Then you go back out there. If you do very like the American fighters, you know, I saw Michael Chandler earlier today, like he's at the park running, like they don't have to go through this. Did this factor into your decision making as to whether or not you wanted to take another fight in the midst of all this because you have to be away from your family again? Yeah, it was something I definitely thought about, and I thought about the, like the drags and the drains and and how that would play on me. But it's just it's just part of the gig, right? It's just something you have to do. So you just you cannot leave your room for fourteen days, right? Fourteen days. So I saw I saw the guys in New Zealand. They're allowed to like take a walk outside. You you can't even do that. No, we we're not allowed to. I, I I'm very fortunate. I have a balcony, so I can <laughs> so I can sit out there. But um, no, I'm not allowed to leave at all. Wow. And what do you do for exercise? Or would you not even exercise after a fight like that anyway? Exercise. <laughs> Mate, I'm on the shelf till next year. That's 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 next year's problem. Okay. I saw you eating. What were you eating uh, yesterday? I saw you eating like a hamburger or something, but it was in the morning. What yeah, was bacon that? Egg, bacon egg roll, mate. Okay. And the was that? Staple. Staple of the Australian diet. Is that from <laughs> a, a certain spot or did you make it yourself? No, definitely. I, the the uh, cafe downstairs. You, we can order food from downstairs and whatnot. So okay. very fortunate in that regard. Okay. Uh, so trip number one to Fight Island versus trip number two, both victories for you. So uh, a great experience. But which which experience was better? Which one did you enjoy more? Honestly, um, honestly, the, the the first trip was it was fresher. So there was a there were more things to do. It was exciting, like all the new things, all the new sounds, sights. It was, it was cool. But the, the second trip, whilst I got bored quicker, it, it felt like the whole trip as a whole went faster. Interesting. And were you there for the same amount of time? 
the exact same amount of time, had to climatize and get used to the, the sleeping patterns because the time we fought was different again. So right. it's, just, it's always changing. Um, for you mentally, though, was the second time maybe a little more relaxed than the first time because this time you're coming off a win as opposed to coming off a loss and everything that you had been through leading up to the till fight? Did it feel different? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, the, the, I guess the self-imposed pressures weren't there as much. Because mm. obviously coming off a big loss to, to easy the first time, it was, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There was a self-imposed pressure where I, I felt like I had to come back. I didn't want to be that guy who who lost consecutively after losing his, his belt and, and, and things like that. You know, you think about these things. So this time you felt more relaxed? I did. I did. I felt much more relaxed. What did you feel or how did you feel, I should say, about the fight overall? Like the entire body of work, the three-round fight, the performance that you had? Uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm quite happy with it and quite pleased is we, um, me and my team worked a, a game plan from the moment I left isolation the first time to the moment we, we stepped back into Abu Dhabi and we, we diligently worked on this game plan and I, I feel that I, I executed the game plan to, to the best degree and, and we, we had a great result because of it. What was the game plan? You know, just be patient, snipe him from the outside, don't play into his hands and just just use my speed to my advantages. Use the wrestling when it appears and just take the fight wherever I want. See, I thought you won all three rounds. Um, obviously, the, the the third round was a little close. Um, and I don't remember if they gave him the first round, at least or one of the judges did. At the end of the fight, how did you think it was going to be scored? I thought for, for sure I, I, I had it in the bag. You know, okay. Because... Um, I, I feel I, I did significant damage in the third round with the head kick and the and the knockdown. So um, I thought, yeah, on, I was very comfortable with with my with my performance and and understanding that I, I had taken the scorecards. Now there was a train of thought out there that I that I saw that said if it went five rounds, if it was a five round main event, that the tide was starting to turn. Did you? Would you say that he was starting to pick up steam or gain momentum, or did he hurt you at all towards the end of the fight? What do you say to those people? Um, <laughs> what what fight were they watching? <laughs> you know, I, I guess yeah, he honestly he landed one shot at me in the third round, which wasn't even the knockdown, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just one good shot, but I did knock him down. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost took his head off. <laughs> He's a tough guy and a tough fight, but you can see from the start of the fight to the finish, the damage that was accumulating on his face was getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, I don't think it would have been better if five rounds, if anything, it probably would have been worse, but okay. who knows? That's a different fight. That's something that didn't happen. Uh, he said that he broke his arm, I believe very early in the fight. Um, I think he said that a, a kick is what led to it. Uh, could you sense that his arm was broken, that he was down a weapon? No, I couldn't sense that his arm was broken, but I, uh, I knew my foot was sore. Oh. <laughs> That's uh. So I, I saw that head kick the entire fight, but I just, after I heard it in the first round, I could not throw it. I, I threw it a few times after that. And the pain that I got bringing the foot back was just so much. I almost started limping like in the fight. Wow. It was, I couldn't throw it. So I, I just, I just avoided throwing it. And then, you know, I must, I, I forced it out in the third round and yeah. Wow. And, and so is it okay now? Yeah, it's it's sore. I haven't really gotten it checked. I'm gonna get my body checked when I when I leave isolation. See, because the two weeks should be enough time to see what's really injured or not. 
Okay. And afterwards, I saw a photo of you guys together. Uh, I love this sort of thing. It's always very nice. And you guys even exchanged some words in the cage. What did you guys say to each other? Um, I, I thought that he's just a, he's a, he's a role model for the sport. I like the way he conducts himself. I think he's very honorable and respectful. And that's the way it should be. I think that's how fighting should be, like martial arts uh, you know, as, as, as a whole. Um, I have a lot, of, a lot of respect for him as, a, as an athlete, as a fighter. And, yeah, it, it's good to... It's good to to have like a a kinship there with 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 our fellow fighters. Hmm. Because he's a fresh face, um, because you you fought as you already and Izzy was kind of you know pumping him up and showed a lot of respect mm. towards him. Did you feel like everyone was rooting for him to win? Like this was a setup to to build him off of your name? Uh, my, I don't. Know. You've seen my career. They have literally done that with everybody I fought, mate. <laughs> everybody I fought is the next biggest thing. They're the biggest monster. They're the next guy that, that's going to starch me. I'm always the underdog for some reason. Like, but I don't mind. I don't mind. I, uh, I like hiding and playing inside. You don't, you don't get offended by this. Like, come on, where's my respect? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't need to just uh, – I, I have nothing to prove. I know who I am. And the, the people that – the people that, that follow and support me, they know. And even, you know what, even with everybody speaking and, and saying things like that, you know, trying to undercut my, my value, they know. Everybody I go up against knows. They know I'm, in, I'm, I'm real. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm dangerous. Otherwise, like they, they just try and take, take, take everything from me and they can't. So it's, it's an interesting thing because what, a, I mean, you could make a case that you're the comeback fighter of the year. You know, you have the year that you had last year, you come back, you fight twice. That's notable. The fact that you fought twice in the span of three months, right. Considering all the bad luck that you had as champion and Dana White afterwards said, you know, very appealing to run it back between you and Izzy, but correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, I don't feel like you want the title fight. I feel like life is better for you without the title. You, you, you're <laughs> successful. You're, you, you, you've been there, done that. It was like a weird time for you. I don't feel, and I want to make this very clear. I know you would take it. And I know, you know, in your heart, you feel in your heart that you could beat Izzy, but I don't feel like you're banging the drum because like life is just a little simpler without all of that. Am I wrong? Uh, it's, 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 it's the thing is like, it's not, it, it will happen. It's something, it's not something that I need to chase because it's going to happen. Like, and that's why after I, I lost Izzy, I didn't, I didn't start roaring that I wanted a rematch right away because I knew that if I just beat the guys they put in front of me, then I'll get there eventually. Like I want to run that back with Izzy. I want that fight, but I'm in no rut. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. You know, like, and I know he's doing certain things. Honestly, my biggest concern is what i'm doing at the end of the year <laughs> it's 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 just enjoying this this break and my, my my new my new child and you know part of the family that's coming along that um that that's the biggest thing for me right now and then afterwards you know like i'll, I'll take that fight for sure and and when is your child expected to come january january okay so you're yeah. you're not even thinking of anything until that happens exactly exactly because like you said the the time, like when I had the title and that, that whole period was so weird with injuries and illnesses and then just the, the title itself and that, that whole period was just uh, a bit of a mess. Mm. <laughs> so um, I feel like I'm in a really good place right now and I, and I understand just who I am and how I'm doing things. 
So l- let me ask you this, because the, the, the sense that I'm getting, uh, and I know you're not too caught up in this, but you're right in the mix of it all, whether you like it or not, right? Because of how good you've looked in your last two fights. The sense that I'm getting is Izzy wants to move up to 205 to fight Jan Blachowicz and get that title. How would you feel if he does that? That's fine. That's fine with me because I, I honestly, I don't want to fight until about March, April next year anyway. Okay. So um, if, if the timelines work out, he can go up, fight him and then come back down and fight me. You know? Okay. So now what, let me ask you this. Let's say he goes up, let's say he goes up in February or January, probably not January because that's when Connor's fighting, but let's say he goes up in February or even March. And then, you know, he'll need some time probably to come back down and rest. They say to you, hey, why don't you uh, fight Jack Hermanson if he wins against Darren Till or some other contender? Would you do that? Like, are you open to just continuing your career? And if the chips fall in your favor, great. It's not something you're going to chase. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I'm really not thinking about it too much because, honestly, there's so, there's so many what ifs and what's happening and stuff. I feel like I've earned that fight, that title, that title fight. I've, I've earned that. You know, with with my back to back, what defenses of of number one. You know, mm-hmm. being the gatekeeper <laughs> for the title uh, twice. Like I, I feel like I've earned that right to 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 have that shot. But um, how the chips fall, if you would, and like how the timelines work, it's anybody's guess at this point. How do you think he would do if he went up to two or five and fought Jan? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Jan's like a really good good fighter, but is he's He's pretty good, man. <laughs> he's he's pretty good. I'll give him that. It's it is hard to say. I think I think he could be competitive for sure. Mm. Uh, is there any part? And maybe you don't care about any of this, but I just I feel remiss if I don't ask. You know, there was some talk of him moving up to fight John Jones, and now John is gone, and and now he moves up to fight Jan. Do you think the timing is a little funny? Ah. Uh, who can say? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, I don't try to concern myself with everybody's machinations and their little ploys and schemes. And you hate all this way, stuff, right? I oh, just, it's, it's like you've been, we've been speaking about it for about what ten seconds, and I'm already stressed out. Like you, it's, <laughs> it's just not worth you, it. You host the podcast. This is part of your world. You're, you're, you're very much entrenched in this. I used to. <laughs> oh, what happened? No more podcast. I had. I took a step to the left just because I, I was. I just wanted to focus on just what I'm doing, which is just the combat, the yeah. gym, and just my, my my kids. Like I just wanted. To, I needed to declutter, if you would, gotcha. to slow everything down. Well, have you had a chance? You know, maybe now since you're you're in isolation, this time last year, right? Like, what a difference a year makes for you. This time last year, you're coming off the Izzy fight. You lost your belt. Uh, the, the story, as you told the paper there in, uh, in Australia, you know, around Christmas time, you're doing the sprints and you're like, I need a break, right? What a difference. Uh, I would imagine now you're expecting another child. You seem to be in a great place. You took that break mentally. You were able to find the love and, and the fire again for the sport. Isn't it amazing how far you've come in a year? It's ridiculous. It's, it, it is. And I, honestly, I think that's how it, it's always been. It's, it's like, you struggle and you grind and you hustle and then something s- switches over and you're really good, but then it starts to fall apart again and something switches again. And uh, I'm just, I'm just at that, that point where I, you know, I've learned from my, my losses. I've learned, I've learned from, from getting knocked down and I'm just wiser. I'm smarter. I'm, I'm more confident in, in my decisions. I remember talking to you before the, 
Yoel Romero fight in Chicago. So this was uh, June of 2018. And um, I remember speaking to you and you've, you, 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 I remember this vividly. You're like, yeah, I don't really care about the belt. Like the belt doesn't mean to me what it means to other people and things of that nature. And you've stayed true to that response throughout, even after, um, you know, the, the fight against Izzy. And so I'm just wondering if you never fight for the belt again or win the belt again, Will it even bother you that much? Is this something that's going to like eat at you or are you good? No, are you content? No, but you see, I will fight for the belt again. It's inevitable. I just don't worry about it because it's inevitable. Mm. You know, and that's, that's been my whole mentality. It's, it's, it's not my mentality on ch- title fights and the title isn't one of reluctance. It's not one like, oh, I don't want to have to fight for the belt. No, it's, it's more that I will fight for the belt. I just be, it's natural. I don't have to worry about it because I'm just going to keep beating whoever they put in front of me. And eventually I'm going to be the only one standing at the top. That's, that's as simple as it is. So just curious, because I'm fascinated by your stance on this. Um, if the belt doesn't really mean that much to you, other than to say you're the best, why the desire to even like why? And I'm not, I know you're saying you just know you're not stressing about it, but who needs that? Because it brought like weird things to your life and mm. bad luck. Maybe like who just, you know, like, do you, like, why even think about the belt at all in any respect? Not, not, not strive for it or even dream. Like, stay as far away as possible from it. You think life is so good for you without the belt? Look how you've done this past year. <laughs> yeah, but you see, the thing is, it's like it's not the belt that I want, mm. but I do need, like, I do want to beat everybody. Okay. I need to be the one at the top. I mm. need to be the guy sitting in the throne. Like that's, that is a, a, that's just part of who I am. That's just part of being a fighter. I don't, I don't think there's a fighter out there that doesn't have that desire to be the one standing on top of the heap. And, Mm. um, you know, that, I guess you could say is the belt. So it's like, I guess everyone's chasing the same goal, just in a different light. Uh, Did you stick around and watch, uh, Habib afterwards, or did you go back to your room? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I did watch it. What, what were you thinking when you saw him win like that, and then the emotion afterwards and him retiring? <laughs> um, oh, he's just—he's a freak, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Good, good gosh, he's so good. He is so good. He made one of the best dudes in the world look uh, not like one of the dudes, best dudes in the world. It's just phenomenal. I'll tell you right now. I wouldn't want to take a fight with, with him. <laughs> I'm much bigger than he is. He's a scary dude. And um, his show of emotion, I think, was expected. You know, mm. it, it's, it's just it's an emotional thing, especially because of everything that he's had to go through to get to where he is. And then the fact that he's hanging up the gloves, you know, he's it was, yeah, it was, it was touching. Well, it was fun to watch. Uh, enjoy. What do you do like today? Like, what do you do there in your room all by yourself? You're just playing video games all day. Like, how do you pass the time? It must be so boring. All, all day. Video games. And then I substitute it with trying to learn the guitar still. Okay. Which, which let me tell you, I haven't gotten any better since last isolation. Yeah. <laughs> so you bring it with you at least. Yeah, well, because uh, my wife dropped some things off at the hotel. So I, I have some things from home. It's nice. That's nice. And what are we playing? Uh, right now I'm playing Don't Starve. Okay. Don't starve. <laughs> yeah. That's a Look game. It it's a funny game. <laughs> okay. But I'm just mucking around with that at the moment. And uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I, I, I was made for isolation life. I, <laughs> I quite enjoyed here. Like I'm in a good spot. I have Uber Eats. I have games. I have the guitar. Like 
I'm good. I just, I just miss my kids by the I end know. of it. well you'll see them soon enough uh enjoy your time in isolation enjoy your time at home and congratulations and and early good luck to you and your family on the uh the birth in january and enjoy christmas a a a stress-free christmas for the first time in a while for you and the rest of your family so enjoy it and congrats on the win as well thank you so much it's always a pleasure to speak with you mate all right so like i said a great lineup of interviews I hope you agree with me. I don't think Anderson is done. I hope you agree with me. Neil Magny is very fired up and feels disrespected. I loved everything that he had to say about the whole situation. And we could probably thank Chael P for that. And great stuff as always from the always humble Robert Whitaker. Big, big weekend of MMA coming up though. Thursday, there's a massive Bellator card. Probably the best fight that Bellator has put on in 2020. Yes, it's been a weird year. But this is a phenomenal fight. You have Douglas Lima moving up from 170, the welterweight champion in Bellator, moving up from 170 to go up to 185 to fight Gegard Mousasi, the legend former Bellator middleweight champion for the vacant middleweight title. Of course, the title was vacated after Rafael Lovato Jr. had to retire after he had a, a brain issue come up in a scan. Now, we've seen this story before when Roy McDonald moved up to fight Gegard. Didn't go well for him. Changed the course of his career. We'll see how Douglas Lima does. I don't know about it. He's been on a roll. Musasi's big. Has fought at 205. In any event, great fight. It goes down on Thursday night at the Mohegan Sun. I actually have an interview with Gegard up right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. Check that out as well. And also on that channel, we've got a great roundtable between two legends in the world of baseball. Carlos Correa, the 2015 AL Rookie of the Year, going up against the 2015 AL MVP, Josh Donaldson, in a debate over who is the best fighter in the world today and past. Correa says Khabib. Donaldson says John Jones. It's very fun. These guys know their stuff. They came with notes. They were that prepared. A lot of people thought Correa won. It was a very fun back and forth. You can check that out right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel as well. We are doing work. There's CFFC this weekend as well. One championship this weekend. They come back. LFA is back in action. And then, of course, on Saturday, we have the big card on Halloween, headlined by Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. Prelims start at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Plus. Main card, 7 p.m. Eastern time in what could be Anderson Silva's last fight. Big fight for Uriah Hall. And there's some other notable names on the card as well. Andre Feely versus Bryce Mitchell, who is getting his camo shorts for the first time. That's a great fight. I like that fight a lot. Uh, We've got the return of Kevin Holland, Maurice Green against Greg Hardy, Bobby Green against Thiago Moises. Um, I like the undercard. Some names that I like on the undercard. Alexander Hernandez, always great to watch him in action. Uh, Jack Marshman, Dustin Jacoby, formerly now of the uh, Contender Series, and also Glory Kickboxing on the card as well. Miles Johns. So, Uh, Top to bottom, some names to look out for. Prelims, 4 p.m. Eastern. Main card, 7 p.m. Eastern as well. All right, this is what I need you to do right now. You've enjoyed this show, I hope. Please download, rate, subscribe, review. If you love me, if you love DC, if you love our interviews, if you love what we do here, the only thing I ask of you is to subscribe because that means we vault up the rankings and that means the bosses are happy. So please do that for me, okay? I appreciate it. All right. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your Halloween. Be safe out there. Enjoy the fights. Back next week, same time and place. Tell us, hey, peace. I'm out of here.